That's right. It's Ellie Harrison here. And this is Oliver Braid. And again, we're coming live from Edinburgh Art Festival office. Oh, technically not from a shack, as our initial tune suggests. We're in the office, but it's a lovely sunny day. It is. It's beautiful. Came not over great on access the train. to windows. We did come through on the train. We came through and we sat next to some very burly... I think they were German, maybe they, they were Dutch. German. They were enormous, these men that came and sat at the table with us. And one of them had his legs really, really, really wide open. <laughs> it was kind of squashing me against the window in quite a compromising fashion. I wasn't very, very impressed. But anyway... Today's theme, I'm just going to put it out there, Oliver, is that yeah, okay? Yeah, that's good, I think. Let's get straight to it. Today's theme is excesses. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying on the train, I can't believe we've not done this yet. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? We've had we've had touches on it. We've had obsessions. <laughs> yeah, we've touched on it, I suppose, in other, in other themes. But it seems like quite an, an Ellie Harrison and Oliver Braid vibe yeah vibe (laughs) so it is surprising that we've not done it but um i just wanted to explain a little bit about how the idea popped into my head that this would be a good Mm. idea for a show is that okay yeah i'd like you to (laughs) because since we've been coming over to edinburgh okay it's only our second week (laughs) but it's really been like fridays are always ellie and oliver's show day anyway Mm -hmm. they've always got a bit of a special quality to them because we spend more time together than we normally would but specifically when we're coming to Edinburgh it's like the whole day because we've got to leave well we, we both left the house like nine-ish this morning was it nine? Something like I that. left it I can't remember now. Half, no. <laughs> um, so I was thinking that what we could do to try to um I mean, obviously we're doing Flaffle Friday as well, we're having lunch together, we're inviting people who are listening to the show to come and uh, enjoy a Flaffle with us after after the show. Um, we'll talk more about that after the song. Um, but I thought we should try to generate our themes for the next week, actually in Edinburgh, being inspired by the festival. So <laughs> this is this, right. this is just what I thought while we were on the train. But last week we went to a few events for Edinburgh Art Festival. Well, I went to Emily Cast Emily Speed's Human Castle, which was quite fun. You missed that. I know. I was working. Very you sad. Working. I know. I would have liked to have seen it. Yeah, it was good. Um, there's a film of it though, so you can catch it on Rose Street Gee. in one Oof. of the windows of of the shops. Um, and then we went to this really weird talk at the art school at Edinburgh Art College about Primate Cinema, which is this film that has been made for chimpanzees. It's like a film that's been constructed with chimpanzee audience in mind. And it was kind of long and interesting at points, the talk, but there was a bit that really jumped out at me. Well, I started to make notes. Okay, I got a little bit bored, and I started to make (laughs) notes about what we could do for this week's theme. One of the things that this zoologist was talking about was this idea. I don't know why he was talking about it now. I think he was talking about in terms of the chimpanzees getting stressed out by watching the film, Mm -hmm. and how if you get stressed out by something... um, it doesn't always mean that you just leave that situation. Sometimes there's something in you that compels you to stay, something excessive <laughs> in your behaviour that makes you just continue. And he particularly referred to an argument if you're having an argument with a person. 
that you might rather than walk away and do what's best for you keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and staying in that situation mm. until you push it to an extreme well i think it's interesting i mean it's good that you mentioned stress yeah because i think you know on the train here one of the things that we spoke about was that both of us have been involved in a self-inflicted excessive workload this week yeah. leading to um a lack of time to make sure that everything is adequately prepared for or you know like just doing one thing after another and i feel like this week uh i've just just worked so solidly like i normally work like fairly steadily but this week feels insane and i think it's kind of um oh we had a little toot from a car then don't know if anyone will pick that up um I think it's more noticeable because it's sunny outside. And one of the things that I worry about a lot is that last year, I remember working a lot during the summer and saying, I'll never do this again. I will make sure that I plan my year a lot better so that I'm working at like, because I also ended up working a lot over Christmas. But then I thought maybe that's the lot of people who work in the creative industries because apparently you take a holiday over the summer because no one goes to galleries. But actually, you've just got to be working for the next set of things that are happening in September, October, November. So I think summer for artists is actually kind of a crappy time where you do have to do loads of work. I mean, maybe it's not for everyone, but I just feel like I'm I just stuck in constant work. Like there's no taking time off from that for me at the minute anyway. But I was thinking like in, in reference to excesses, because this is something I was thinking about on the train, because... You're talking about work overload. You're not really talking about hedonism, which is one um. of the things that I think about when I think about excess. I was wondering if there's an opposite to excess, like whether that could be asceticism or frugality is another but thing. You can that be I excessively frugal. Well, this right? is what I was thinking. You can be excessively frugal. And this is um, one thing, because when I think back to last week when I was. Um, inspired to to do this theme i was reading this report did i talk to you about this because it was a really interesting um report because i was asked by the green party to write a text about public transport which is obviously one of my passions <laughs> but it was public transport in relation to what we could learn from like the 1930s and 1940s okay and they published this report called the new home front which was looking at that period of time, specifically wartime period and post-war, um, and the way that resources were rationed, um, and that all of this propaganda existed, or was produced by the government to encourage people to use less and to make do with less, mm -hmm. and that that kind of you know, infiltrated people's... Well, people believed that it was morally wrong, to use things excessively, to excessively use resources, which is quite interesting because the impulse of consumer society is to get us Can to consume to excess. What made them believe that? Was there a... Well, there was propaganda. There right. was actual propaganda so that was produced by the government. Like so is that actually moral if it's induced by propaganda? Is that actually morality? Because um, it's like you're being taught to... It's like you're being taught to desire that through propaganda because i guess the way that advertising and propaganda works is infiltrating you and then making you think that one thing is more preferable than the other yeah but actually and i think that this is can't i don't know if we talked about it the other last week actually like if you need 
or d- if you put desire into the equation when it comes to morality, it's not actually morality because if you really understood what it was to be moral, there wouldn't be a choice between... You wouldn't have to desire to do what was right. There would be no other choice than to do what was right if you really... Um, yeah, if you really were living a moral life. Well, yeah, have we talked about that before? Because I think... I feel like it might have come up, but I don't know if it was on a radio in... In real, real life, life. <laughs> <laughs> but in um in like in relation to these campaigns like make do and mend and like there were campaigns i mean this is why i got so inspired because i was thinking i wish that i had lived through this period because i think that's where i'd fit in and i think the reason why i am like the way i am in terms of like being very frugal with my own resources and make sure that nothing gets wasted mm-hmm. something that i um often think about is because my dad was born in 1933 and he was evacuated during the war and he ke- was brought up through Mate all of that men. propaganda and through rationing as well and that whole mindset that he developed as a result of mm, that yeah. he then passed on to me but what's interesting is that I've never taken it to an extreme and he's kind of relaxed in into a more um like Leisurely consumerist. But I wonder style. if that's because he wasn't. He d- it's his relationship to those lessons that he was taught is a little bit like, in a way, how a child uh, doesn't do something because if they do it, their parents will be angry or because there'll be a problem with an external body, which isn't actually like learning your own set of morals. You're just doing well. It's not morals at all, is it? You're doing it because you'll get in trouble for something else. Like it's not really internalizing those lessons. Whereas I think that you've internalize those ideas a bit more well i think what happened to my dad is he i think he does actually believe like that it's morally wrong to waste food and he'll always use up like leftovers and scraps and all sorts of stuff like that and i've picked that up but i've picked it up and taken it to extreme and then imposed it back on him (laughs) and he doesn't then like it because he's reacting it's like he's he's had this child who's then Mm. like gone on to be even worse than him is forcing it back in his face and he finds that a bit stressful but maybe maybe that's about your excessive need to impose your own morals onto other people. Well but what is. you have to realise is that that system is always going to fail because if you impose them onto people and they, they're not actually really taking them on, they're just performing them for you, then that's n- you're not really changing anyone's moral code. But anyway, okay. what I wanted to talk about, besides all of that, because this isn't about morals or, or ethics, I wanted to, what I wanted to talk about is well. like, well, maybe it is the the negative side effects of of like um, being very controlled and being very frugal and being very uh, restrictive and having this control and or, and 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 kind of like the the release from that are binges, binges. and ex- and and moments of excess <sighs> and I think because when we talked about similarities like our shared interest in oh there's something going Some on kind outside. of tour bus outside <laughs> of the tour big bus. tour bus um but this because i've i suppose that my what i would say about that so th- you've got like this frugal life and then you've got this excessive life and for some reason you've drawn a distinction between the two rather than being able to accept that both happen at different times it's a bit like i've been thinking a lot about occam's razor this week actually and slicing stuff down to the simplest format 
but actually like it's totally inadequate to understand life because life is like an excess of experiences rather than the simplest most frugal experience that you have you know like con- it's just like that bus interrupting then there's all these things all these like um stimuli all around us all the time so to even try to attempt to like strip things down to their basic just seems like it's always going to end up being more detrimental than positive it might help you function for a while but it's not actually a very realistic assessment of the way that anybody really exists in the world they might function in the world like that but i guess functioning and existing is two separate matters Shall we play a song, Oliver? Yeah, sure. Let's play a song. I'm going to play my song because uh, I I really like this song. And its main lyric is, I want more, 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 more. And <laughs> I think we could think about it in relation to falafels, which we'll be talking mm. about after the break. Because one thing I did notice about our first falafel at Palmyra, which we'll review... In, in a few moments time um, was it the girth? no it was the fact that after I'd finished it I, my instinct was to immediately want another one me too absolutely immediately and like if I'd have even let those words pop out of my mouth shall we have another one I know you would have said yes yeah I would have definitely said one. yes but fortunately I held back thing is well, with the human body you've got to eat it immediately straight afterwards because otherwise you'll begin to feel full up you've got to trick your body a little bit I know you've got to shove them in but we didn't if and you're I'm gonna glad binge. in the long run that yeah. we didn't and we can enjoy another one today but let's play the song and think about uh, it cramming as many opening. falafels into our mm. mouths as possible <laughs>
Hey, Oliver. Hello, Eleanor. I'm back. Um, Me too. So anyway, before the song, I'm taking my headphones off now, because like I was saying, I think I was a bit distracted because I had your voice like in real life, oh, yeah, and then I had God. it in my ear as well anyway. It's pretty excessive. I was saying this isn't about ethics and morals, but that is nonsense. You're right to pick me up about <laughs> that, because it is. And I've often been quite influenced by ethical thought experiments. Remember when we talked about Philippa Thurk's trolley problem? thought experiments. The trolley problem. I can't remember which show that was in, but it's a, I'm a big favourite It was of in it. Decisions. Check it out on Wikipedia. Um, so <laughs> I've come up with... I like to come up with my own little um, takes on these thought experiments. One, uh, one that I've come up with is the buffet problem, mm-hmm. which is kind of inspired by Philippa Thurk. But it's inspired by... like If you, if you develop this like code of thinking... That food is there, you know, to that you shouldn't waste anything, mm-hmm. and that say you've got lots of produce in your fridge, and you will know when things are going off, and make sure that you've been organised and prepared all your meals so that everything is used up before the sell-by dates, and that you know that's the so way. So if I you if you have life. an instrumentally rational view approach well, to existence in the 19 in during the war i know in rationing i know but instrumental in rationality the war is actually the proof of that instrumental rationality doesn't work right so it's i don't know complicated i understand the, the thought of rationing okay good i'm glad you understand as the a concept of i understand because for somebody that's on a tight budget it's something that you should really get to grips with but the buffet problem is like how do you adjust that way of looking at food when you're suddenly faced with a situation where there's all of this food in front of you an excess of food in front of you and it's all free because your instinct when you're brainwashed into that way of thinking is to think stockpile and also to think maximize on this opportunity because you don't know when the next hot dinner is going to come along and i think that that's my problem with buffets and that's why i actually find it very very difficult to control my situation not just when you go to a buffet restaurant because then it's different because you've paid oh i guess you want to make your money's worth but if you're Uh, at a wedding or if you're an art opening i mean when i there's a famous story when i was a fresher like when i was 19 years old and i first went to university and i was at freshers fair okay i was a vegetarian at this point but wasn't a vegan I actually got asked to leave the Ginster stand <laughs> at the Freshers' Fair, did I? No, that's amazing. <laughs> like, the people working at Ginster's actually had to tap me on the shoulder and said, I think you've had enough now, because I'd just been stood there that's for so like 20 outrageous. minutes cramming little pieces of Cornish pasty into But that's the mouth. thing, what you're doing, you're not having... Well, I mean, you might think you're having a one problem which makes the situation unpleasant because you're having to like deliberate over what's the right thing to do but simultaneously you're a very competitive person and you enjoy competition so actually you're finding pleasure in that excess you're con- you're converting the problem of excess into like because at least if you're doing a competition i guess you're doing something and i, and I suppose you're definitely the type of person that prefers to do something rather than to do nothing or to feel like you're not doing something without any reason i guess that's why you like competition so much and the same i mean maybe that's the way that you rationalize your need for excess is that at least it still has some kind of outcome that you can talk about later or like um <sighs> i don't think i was stood at that ginster's stall thinking in 
um, 20 years, years time, in 14 years time this is going to be a great anecdote for the radio show I think I was thinking no but I think when I, like when I act excessively I do think well this is you might as well push it now because you can probably retell this at some point or like whenever something happens where you think this is particularly extreme even if it's horrible like once I went to an all you can eat hotel with my mum and I got very ill because I ate so much and I was pooing and being sick out of both it was simultaneously <laughs> onto the marble floor and my mum had to clean it up, poor lady. Uh, but I remember thinking, even though it was really unpleasant at the time, I remember thinking like, oh, teehee, at some point this might come into well, see, on right this now? radio show I'll be able to relay that. Oh my God. Piece of interesting information. I don't know, because I think that there's, some, there's like a guilty guilty pleasure to it like I don't necessarily want lots of people to know that I'm doing that like for me it's quite a private thing like for me like I was on my own with the Ginst I mean the Ginster staff were aware of my presence but <laughs> like I wasn't with any of my friends I didn't have any friends at that oh. point I didn't have any friends at all it's because you smell like Cornish pasties it was the first day at university I didn't have any friends well um, you were just comfort eating then weren't I you I was comfort eating and, and but I think it was also to do with like you know, when you're finally living on your own, like I was for the first time ever, actually, um, and then suddenly you got to the relationship between uh, money and food becomes more um, becomes more omnipresent because yeah. you don't have your mum and dad to buy food for you and feed you anymore, and uh, so then you think, right, I can you know I can economise here by because if I eat enough Cornish pasties, they'll last me the whole week in one sitting well yeah that's then true i won't have to spend so much cash but we've been quite wise i think with our relationship to falafels whilst we've been in edinburgh yeah. because it's part of our deal when we come to edinburgh that yeah. we get to have our falafels well that's sponsored why we came, by the festival we came up with the um concept based on the idea that uh edinburgh art festival were offering us travel expenses and sustenance i get confused with the words subsistence and sustenance but they weren't offering us subsistence they were offering us sustenance Sustenance. is that right so so. i do believe so the more yeah the less in in theory the less we spend on falafels the more we get to keep out of our allowance but at the same time it's like nice to spend it all on falafel isn't it nice it's nice and probably uh, one of these weeks probably have more than well, I don't want to Well, when it comes to the special... Oh yeah. Let's just... Afternoon special, we'll be going falafel crazy. But should we should we have a little chat about our falafel last week? Might yeah, be time for a jingle. Definitely. Hey. Let's do the jingle. Let's do the jingle. Here we go. It's falafel Friday. It's falafel Friday. Live from the pavilion. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh. That short legs for falafel Friday. Right. So last week's falafel, we went to... Our old favourite, probably the best falafel that, that we, we think kn- so far that we know of, Palmyra, and we will just go over a few reflections. I actually did a sketch of the falafel, Oliver. I don't often do sketches. No, but it's lovely. I did a three-dimensional sketch of this. If um, you check out our Facebook page, you can also see some real-life in situ photos of Palmyra and the falafel. But it was our first falafel Friday, so we were really kind of thinking, what? do we do how do we review this i've written down a few things that we could have considered the service in the restaurant which i don't know whether it reflects oh really that. i think the service was very no, good oh, okay okay i cost. think the service is very good cost. Mm-hmm. 
girth and volume, because mm. we've always we both consider ourselves to be quantity rather than quality kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> Sources and extras, presentation and packaging, because obviously I'm not a big fan of excessive packaging. Mm. So I was keeping an eye on that. And we actually got it on a wash, you know, a, a plate that could be washed. So that was got extra points for me. Cooking method, toasting, etc. Ambiance of venue, which you can see in the photograph that we took, and temperature of the falafel. So have you got anything to reflect on? Well, about? what I would say is we were impressed. 26 centimetres all the way around. So that's a 26 centimetre girth. 8.8 <gasps> centimetres across, 4 centimetres down, 11 centimetres in Did length. Did you actually work out the circumference, circumference yes. using a, an equation? Mm-hmm. I am so impressed. Well, no, just that. addition, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, so, and you get a falafel. It's sliced in half if you have it, which is handier for eating. Yeah, it is. Good. Um, I, d- I think the man who does the serving is very nice in Palmyra. He was trying to push a meat product onto me, which I wasn't that keen on. Wow. He was trying to get me to get some chicken kebab next time, which wasn't that uh, But about. that's very interesting because we haven't said yet, but later on oh, this yeah. afternoon w- or this evening, we will be working for Hunt and Dart and Cafe in Edinburgh, if anyone's around. Ellie, do you have the address? It's six till midnight. Six till midnight. Hunt and Dart and Cafe. Um, They've got a website, so you can find it. It is 7 to 21 St. Mary Street, EH1. Okay, lovely. And we'll be talking there a little bit about our separate relationships to meat and vegetables, will we? Oh, God, yeah, hopefully. But we're going to have to go. But that's not the only opportunity you get to spend time with us, because you can also come at 1.30 and join us for Falafel Friday. This week, we're going to be at the Nile Valley Cafe, which is... Down opposite in space. It's on Chapel Street. I believe it's on 6 Chapel Street. 6 Chapel Street. Six Get Chapel down Street. there. We'll be there at half one. Also, with Summer Hall TV are coming to make a short film about us, so maybe we can get some people into the film if they're around. Should we go into the last song now? Because I think we've just got to do a quick introduction. Today also, Ellie, it's such an action-packed day, such a day of excessive events. At 4.20 today, we're going to see a show by our new friend, the John Joseph, and his show, Boy in a Dress, which has been getting really great reviews. And I hear that he is a really cool performer. Uh, it's kind of got a vaudeville vibe. I think it might be quite excessive. He um, will also be featuring a guest appearance from Alexander Geist, and this is Alexander Geist's new song, which is really cool. And it's about the failure of excesses. Mm-hmm. And it's called Bad Language. So I guess we'll just play out on this. And we're really looking forward to all of these events. Hopefully we'll see some people at Falafel Friday later on. Um, yeah, Ellie, that's all from me. That's all from me. Bye, guys.
Shack and lie from a shack and lie from a shack and lie from a shack. 